0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Toxic Mom Podcast. This is episode four, and this is all about Anaya Day Garrett. Okay, so who was Anaya Day Garrett? She was a little girl that was born on September 2nd, 2013 to Sierra Day and Michael Garrett, and they resided in Cleveland, Ohio. Early on in the relationship, mom and dad split up, It seems as if Sierra was the primary caretaker and dad would come over and visit frequently and also was the financial source because Sierra allegedly wasn't working um, full time at the split. Things, according to dad, when he was in court, things were going well between the two of them, even after the split. But then things started taking a little bit of a downward spiral, and we'll talk about that later on. I'm going to walk you guys through a timeline. This timeline is from May of 2017. However, there were incidences as early as 2015 with this case. But I'm going to start on May uh, 18th in particular of 2017. The daycare that Anaya was attending was Harbor Crest and the staff noticed that there were signs of abuse. On this particular day, they contacted the Cayuga County Child and Family Services abbreviated CCCFS. They reported that she had blood in her ear, blisters on her head, and a scraped nose. Anaya was interviewed by police, taken to the hospital, where they took pictures and got a report, and she did say that her mother hit her and fell and pushed her down the stairs. However, the claims were unsubstantiated and unfounded. In July of 2017, around that time, Sierra Day starts dating a new gentleman named Deontay Lewis. In September 2017, dad has a visit with Anaya. He's taking her for the weekend. And when he gets to work, he gets a phone call from his fiancee who stated that she had concerns because she saw bruises on Anaya's chest and her back. They contact the police. They take pictures of her. They have their child interviewed. And those claims went unfounded. Dad does confront mom at drop-off and states that he's going to get to the bottom of this. He gave her the benefit of the doubt, but said he was going to work hard to figure out what was going on. And whatever was going on, he wanted it to stop. Mom allegedly said that she fell, or that her brother hit her, but he wanted whatever was going on to stop. Around that time, Sierra files a protection from abuse order against Michael Garrett and claims he is stalking her. He's coming up to her job harassing. He's also harassing their daughter. A temporary order was granted in her favor. However, when it came time for court, Sierra was a no-show. Dad last stated, uh, excuse me, dad stated his last time he saw his daughter was on September 26, 2017. In January of 2018, Sierra and Anaya move. February of 2018, Sierra contacts her brother who is Anaya's uncle and states that she cannot walk. However, he claims that he went over there and saw her and claimed everything was okay. March of 2018, we're going on now six months since dad's really last seen his daughter. He finally has enough and files for custody. They set a date of March 12th, 2018, However, the appointment never happens because the day before, on March 11th, 2018, this 911 phone call comes in. Yes, I, uh, my
1: daughter's having a hard time breathing. She's breathing, but she's young. She's ready breathing. Does she have a complete sentences? No, she can't. She's not talking in no complete sentences at all. How old is she? Four. She had fell out and she was trying on her. Is she conscious now? Is she conscious? Yes. But, but she's not really breathing, she's not speaking, she's not speaking, she's not responding to us. Is she awake? Her eyes are open, her eyes are open, yes. But she's not really alert? She's not saying anything or responding to what When I press down on her chest, she'll make a sound. Okay. Don't press down on her chest, okay? No, with two hands. Uh-huh. Does yeah. your daughter have a history? Does she have a history of what? Yeah, does she have a history of any breathing issues? No. What was she doing before this happened? Well, she's been acting a little sick. We, we went to Red Lobster last week. I thought it was because of that because she started acting weird. I thought it was like a... A stomach virus or something of what she ate or whatever and I noticed as she's been at home we started like feeding her and she was just throwing everything up. So gave her ginger, ale, she put a ginger ale up. I gave her I gave her tolerance, she spit that up. Okay. When's the last time she ate or drank anything? Um, we try to give her um some breakfast in the morning and she ate like a little bit of it, but it's like she kept chewing it. She was prolonged to chewing it for a long time. She has been having this little, this these fluid symptoms for how long? It started last Thursday when we came for her last, but we know that she started acting weird. Since last Thursday? Yes. This is it like a few days ago? Yes. She been running a fever? Um she was a little hot, but then her body would like just be weird to turn cold. What is your name? Anaya A N I. What's your last name? Yeah, D-A-Y. Did you guys try contacting the child's pediatrician? When we tried? Yeah, did you call her pediatrician when this started? No, I actually just spoke to a 24-hour nurse. Okay. What is she doing now? Well, now I just got her sitting up. I tried to even um, put them on, do mouth-to-mouth. Well, if she's breathing, you probably don't need to do CPR. You know what I say? Cause I like I put my fingers, I put my, I'm just trying to, I'm just, I I'm don't know, just trying to figure out what else can I do. Like I put my hands up to her nose to see if she's not breathing, okay. and I didn't feel no air coming out. Like she got her eye open. Wait a minute, is she not breathing? No. Your child is not breathing. No. Okay, let's do CPR then.
0: Okay, so. Yeah, that's a lot to take in. It took, that call was about seven minutes. I played about three minutes of it. And as you can hear, there is something sinister going on over at the apartment where Anaya was living with her mother. And her mother's boyfriend, even though you heard him say, my daughter, that was not Michael Garrett. That was not her biological father that made that phone call. That was um, Sierra's boyfriend, Deontay, who is referring to Anaya as his daughter. Lots of confusing things in that call. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So that happened on March 11, 2018, the day before her court appearance where her mom and her father were going to be discussed in custody. Paramedics arrive, they take Anaya out of the home, and she is pronounced dead shortly after arriving to the hospital. Her mother, Sierra Day, and mom's boyfriend, Deontay Lewis, are arrested that same day. Two days later, they are charged with aggravated murder, child abuse, felonious assault, endangering children, and tampering with evidence. Okay, so after Anaya's body is taken from the hospital to the medical examiner's office, she gets an autopsy done, and the cause of death was strokes caused by blunt force trauma and severe malnourishment. Deontay Lewis and Sierra sit in jail for about a year, and their trial starts February of 2019. They are both tried together. They have two different set of attorneys. His defense focused on the fact that he did not live there, so he wasn't responsible. And her defense focused on her low IQ. This was not a case of starvation, nor was this a case of abuse. When the police arrived and the paramedics Mom told them that Anaya had fell off the toilet and hit her head. But let me just review what the medical examiner wrote or stated in his report. I'm not going to play his testimony because if you've ever watched a case, when medical examiners get up there, they're on there for a long time and they're interrupted a lot because they want the jury to have them break down thing by thing, and it takes a long time. So I just wrote verbatim of what he said as he was examining her body. And it lines up with what the paramedic stated when he arrived, and I will play some of his testimony in a moment. So this is what the autopsy found. She was malnourished, her skin was loose, and he could see her bones. She had a black eye on her left side. She had a laceration on her head due to blunt force trauma. She had scattered abrasions on her body. Her, she had lots of soft tissue loss. She had no fat. Her body showed signs of shock from the starvation. She had a hemorrhage because her body was slowly dying. Her lungs were collapsed, inflammation of the pancreas because it started to digest itself. Ulcers in her stomach because of a lack of food. She had a subdural hematoma in her brain and she had a stroke. And she had subcutaneous swelling on her eyes and the medical examiner said it was very difficult for him to open up her eyes. And his exact words was she slowly withered away. This was a long drawn out process. This is not the first case of starvation I had. I did this back on season one with Amani Moss. Starvation and your body dying takes a long time. It doesn't happen overnight. This was a long, painful, brutal, barbaric way for a four-year-old, let alone anybody to die from. So let's talk about the 911 call. You heard Sierra state that they went to Red Lobster a week prior, and this was her way to try to explain how and why Anaya looked malnourished. She didn't flat out say that obviously because she didn't wanna blow her cover, but in her mind, she thought that a child that had food poisoning from a few days prior from um, a bad meal at a restaurant was gonna cause her to look like she was severely malnourished. And you heard her speak, there's no sense of urgency And her tone in the 911 call is exactly how she looked and presented herself in court. Very relaxed, calm. The sense of urgency wasn't there because she knew her daughter was beyond help. Deontay, on the other hand, sounded a little bit more panicky. And he also, his demeanor was a little bit more panicked in the courtroom. Neither one of them testified, but you could tell when they flashed a camera on him, he had a sense of panic because he more so knew that jail was imminent and he bared some responsibility, even though his defense team tried to say he didn't live there. He wasn't on the lease, so he didn't know what was going on. And at one point, his attorney said that Anaya's life became better when Deontay was in it. Okay, how? If she was dead not long after him and the mother started dating. Okay, so I'm going to play the paramedic that arrived on the scene. And this is what he said when he got there. Before I continue this, there's a lot of objections that happen from the defense, and they're overruled a lot by this judge. So just, you know, just wanted you to know that. Did
1: you review that, sir? Yes. And is is that your handwriting? Yes, it is. And is that your signature? Yes. And does that refresh your memory, memory as to what the defendant said to you? It does. Okay. Can you tell me specifically, um, identify which person told you what? The, the man told me the most information and the woman was very reluctant to give me information. Go ahead. And what did they I, had to? A, I actually had a... Objection? I had to raise my voice
2: to try to listen to answers from them. Okay. Forgive me. You had to raise your voice for whom? For the female, okay. Why? She was not giving me. She was not giving me answers that I thought were appropriate. Objection. All right. And why is that, sir? She was talking in a very roundabout way. Objection. And not giving me pertinent information to the patient or what had happened. Okay. And um, what about the male? Did the male provide you information? Very little information. All right. And did you memorialize that in your report? Yes, I did. Okay. So what did you know to have happened to this child? As far as I had known from them, that he had or she had fallen off the toilet and became like this, that was basically the extent of the information that I had gotten. I had to try to ask a few questions pertaining why the child was so thin is like if she had an illness or something like that while me was starting to leave. And as they were being more me information, right. I just left. All
1: right. And um, why did you ask about an illness? Because of her condition. All right. Did you think she was suffering from a condition? Yes. I did not know at the time because she was, the appearance of the child was not a of a normal child, and I just wanted to try to get as much information on her as I could and in these types of situations, is it imperative that you obtain as much information as possible? As much as you can, yes. Mr. Swope, when you go in and you said, Was she on a couch? Was she on a bed? She was laying on the ground, with her head facing the outward side of the building, away from the door, and underneath an air conditioning unit. So
2: where was the air conditioning unit?
1: On top of her? No, it was mounted in the wall, below the window, so almost at ground level, and the wind was blowing on the All Alright, and the head was facing the window? Yes, sir. she was supine, which means laying face up her feet were towards the door and her head was towards the wall. On the ground? Yes. This air conditioning unit is not a window unit is it? It was not a window unit. Can you describe it for me? In apartment buildings a lot of times instead of having a central air system they have individual
2: units so they can be monitored for electrical use and this was mounted in the wall Thank you. No further
0: questions at this time. Okay, so did you hear that at the end about the air conditioner being on? So I looked back on this particular day where the 911 call came from and where Mom was living. And on that day in March, in that part of Ohio, the high was 34 degrees why would an air conditioner be on? And why would you have your child laying underneath the air conditioner, but for the fact that she was already dead days prior and you wanted to mask the stench from a dead body that was rotting on your living room floor. Now the medical examiner said on the stand that in his assessment, he believed the child was dead days, prior to the 911 call coming in. And not this paramedic that took the stand, the other one prior testified that when he saw the body, he suspected she was dead. So these are seasoned professionals, paramedics, obviously the medical examiner, determined that This girl was beyond repair, and this lines up with how Sierra sounded on the 911 call. There was no need for her to sound concerned because her daughter was now gone. It's interesting because Deontay's defense attorney brought this up in her closing statements that the air conditioner was probably on because perhaps these two wanted to run it because the apartment was getting too hot because the heat might've been on too high? Yeah, okay. Um. Just a lot to take in. All right, so now this next woman that testified was one of the daycare employees, and they brought up the day that she contacted the police and Child Protective when Anaya came to school in May of 2017. So here's her testimony, at least some of it. After seeing Anaya
1: injured on May 15th of 2017 and having a conversation with Sierra, did you have any concerns at
2: that point in time? Well, <laughs> oh, yes, because she, see left, so she didn't have a chance. She had to complete this when she came back, um, to say what happened on the incident report. So when I'm writing the incident report, I asked Naya. I said, "Sweetie, did you fall off the slide, off the swing? Like, what happened?" And she said, "Mommy pushed me." And I said, "Mommy pushed you?" She said, "Mommy pushed you." And I said, "Outside?" She said, "Down some steps." Mommy pushed me.
1: When I told you Bobby pushed me, Bobby pushed me down the steps.
2: What did she do? I th- what happened after you had that conversation with you? She was it was Miss Tonika Robinson. She was just taking over the daycare attendance owner. So she said, Miss Marshall, let me call, let me find out what I need to do. I said, I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to call 696 kids or 91. And she said, Miss Marshall, please let me find out what I need to do, and I'll handle it. At that time, I said, okay. Turning your attention to May 18th of 2017, basically, and I She
1: complete an observation report in regards to May 18th of 2017. Yes. What was it that caused you to complete an observation report for May?
2: Of 2017. Oh, um, it was recess time, so the kids were getting ready to go outside. And there was another um, um, assistant in the classroom, Miss Lakita, and she was taking the kids outside. So as the kids are going outside, I'm standing in my doorway watching. It's a very small center. And Anaya was saying that her head hurt. And Miss Lakita said, okay, like, go outside. And I said, wait, wait. I said, what's wrong with Anaya? Come back.
1: Now
2: let me stop there, why would a Naya her head hurts Do you say, wait, come back? Because I was just protective of her, like, again, a bond was formed, I, she had my heart, so I was just very, very protective of her. Doesn't I listen to you and come back? Yes. Tell me what happened to that. She came back and she said my head hurts, and she was holding her head, and I said, well, what happened? So I looked down, and as i'm looking at her head i see the blood i see patches of blisters blood blisters in her scalp what happened there? at that time i brought her back into the classroom and i said tonight what happened and she said mommy hit me mommy hurt me and she was that."
0: Okay, so I'm going to stop it there. So as you can see, this daycare worker was extremely concerned and probably outside of her father was one of the only ones who really seemed to be taking this seriously. Um, She's very emotional on the stand and she actually does escort Anaya to the hospital and was willing to get fired because apparently this wasn't uh, protocol. The daycare workers weren't allowed to escort a minor to the hospital. I guess there's some rules and regulations, and she does say in open court that she was willing to get fired, but her director does allow her. And she gets there, and she's interviewed by the police officers, and she, again, is telling them that her mother is hurting her, is pushing her down the stairs. And these are some of the claims that went unfounded. And we get to this end result of a a dead four year old, you know, a year later. So why did this happen? Some of the uh, child protective services of that county took the stand, social workers, and said that, you know, they don't always wanna take a child away from their parent. Okay, that's understandable, but when you have multiple people, including her father, and there's evidence, there's bruises, there was pictures of her shown in court, saying that something is going on and the child is saying that her mother did this. Why are you not taking this seriously? They claim that they were trying to reach dad. The numbers weren't working. And I'm not sure I believe that. It's just a slap in the face. You know, this little girl's crying out for help and she's not being heard. And then on March 11th, all of that comes to an end because we know that Anaya is no longer alive. Um, Sierra's brother took the stand. Her sister took the stand. Her sister said she noticed the behavior change in Anaya. She was more aggressive. She noticed that she was losing weight. She thought because she was getting taller, you know, but, and there was times where she said she saw her sister take Anaya into a room, close the door. Anaya would come out crying with blood and Sierra claimed that she fell. So a lot of people, knew that something was going on. Some remained silent and some were more outspoken, but it seemed like it didn't matter. There were people that were fired with this case, but should they have been charged here? This fell through the cracks. Okay, so once the trial wrapped up, about a week or so after it started, Sierra and Deontay were found guilty of every single charge. And this is an end to a four-year saga that this little girl had to endure. And I just want to play a little bit of her father's testimony in open court, so you can just kind of hear and get a sense of his demeanor and what he went through. This was on the day um, that he got his daughter and he saw the bruises on her after his fiance contacted him that you know you need to come home. I don't want to pick the night up.
1: Sometimes was a little more challenging than others. Um, there were times when I, am uh, sorry. Uh, Sierra would give me, uh, you know, bring my daughter to me with nothing. I mean, no brush,
2: no underwear, anything. Um, I would make sure she has what she needs always. Um, just kept the confrontation down. And, you we know, just have what I had So. I'll uh, be you know, go on with All right, so in September now of 2017, did you get the knife?
1: Yes, I did.
2: All right, and when well, you got the knight, what were your observations of this child on that particular day? I got I
1: had to work later on that evening, um, and while I was at work, well, uh, before I was work, we had a great time. Um, we all went out to lunch, I had a lot of fun. Um, later on that evening, um, while I was working, I couldn't call for my fiancée a lie, was stating that she had noticed. Yes, you can't say what she you noticed know or what she said to you. Okay. But
2: as a result of your conversation with Maya when she called you at Work, mm-hmm. what did you do? Um, I told her child that I needed to leave. And uh, what time in the evening did you receive that phone call, sir? Um, approximately almost 9 a.m. Alright, so did you leave her flight? Uh, no, I had to stay. I had to stay on a whole shift. I couldn't it at Okay. Right,
1: so
0: you do okay, it's kind of hard to hear him because for some reason, when he testified, there was a lot of muffle, but you know, he said that, you know, he came home after getting that call. He gave her a lot of love. And you can hear in the first part, there was some contention during custody exchanges. Anaya was sent with nothing. And I sensed that this was a routine thing. So to keep the confrontation down, he just took an um, Anaya as is and didn't argue with her. But... Um, I don't know why he wasn't advised to keep her after the police were called and there was visible signs of abuse, but he, like so many other people, wanted to give this woman the benefit of the doubt that, you know, that maybe she would change. You know, he threatened her, you know, hey, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going through the courts. I'm not going to allow this to keep happening. This needs to stop. And she just started this nonsense where, you know, she gets a restraining order, she moves communication dwindles down because he said at one point he was given the runaround. She was always saying she's away and I is not here. And you know, a lot of nonsense, obviously to cover up her egregious actions. It's just so very sad. All right. So this is a uh, sentencing day for Deontay Lewis and Sierra day. The judge's voice is quite scratchy here. a little muffled. don't know if he had a cold that day or this was his normal voice, but, um, This is what he was saying during sentencing. With parole eligibility after twenty years, after twenty-five years, after thirty years,
1: or uh, life with no parole. Uh, In deciding the uh, penalty here, I've taken into the uh, seriousness of the the offense, and I don't believe in twenty-four years I've seen a more callous disregard for human life than I did with uh, Sierra Day. She uh, was offered help at various terms. She uh, refused the offers or misled those seeking answers or outright lied to them. Uh, instead, she inflicted the uh, physical harm, which uh, led to a series of strokes, which led to uh, deterioration of organs and ultimately malnutrition. This was not a quick and relatively painless death, but a uh, committed form of torture in my mind. Uh, I I, I cannot temper justice with mercy with respect to her behavior. For that reason, she will receive a penalty of life without parole. County. Mr. Lewis will receive a penalty
0: of life with parole eligibility after 20 years. So there you have it. Sierra was sentenced to life without parole and her boyfriend Deontay Lewis received life with the possibility of parole after 20 years. After this, dad became an advocate um, for his daughter and other children that are abused and go unnoticed. He also sued the county and state for wrongful death, and he was granted $3 million, but nothing will bring his daughter back. And he's one of these men that tried to fight tooth and nail, and he was ignored, along with other people that tried to bring recognition to this case, and they were ignored. I just have no words for it. Um, I don't know what Sierra was thinking, why she decided to do this. Was she angry that Anaya had such a loving relationship with her father? Because you can go online, the pictures um, are there to see how emotionally and physically invested he was with his daughter. Was she angry because he terminated the relationship? Nobody knows. Sierra has not uttered a word as to what happened. Again, she never took the stand. She sat there through the trial, very stoic. And even her sentencing, she was stoic. But you could see the change in her face when the judge gave her that life without parole. A little bit of shame came over her Deontay, again, looked a little bit more panicked. He's obviously eligible in 20 years. Doesn't mean he's going to get it. I think the judge gave the appropriate sentences. It fit the crime. And just, I don't know what else could have been done. Well, there's a lot that could have been done. But for some odd reason, a lot of people failed Anaya Garrett that shouldn't have failed her. They're advocates for children. At least that's what they claim. But like Sierra Day, they put on camouflage and pretended that they cared. And even at one point, before I end this, Sierra was working at one of the daycares where Anaya was going. So she was trying to present that persona that she's a loving mother because there's videos of her dancing and playing with the kids and You know, like the judge said, just more illusion she was trying to create. Okay, she's coming in with bruises, but no, that's not the Sierra Day that we know. She loves the kids. She's active. She dances with them. But behind closed doors, Anaya was suffering terribly. And the ultimate result was death. So, do you guys think Sierra Day is a toxic mom? Send me an email. The Toxic Mom Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll chat soon.